Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. Every day and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and thankfully the only Jerry Springer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I have not been cloned. No. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I got a couple uh, political questions for you. One, uh, you ha- are connected at a very high level politically, and that's not a joke. You are. You you have. Uh, helped in national presidential campaigns. You've spoken heavily all over Ohio, helping various candidates through the years. You were Democrat of the Year in the state of Ohio a few years back. And I was wondering, and I think I asked on behalf of Megan and me, uh, could you, since Joe Biden is now president, you're so well connected, can you get us in for a tour, an opportunity to get no. some pictures with Joe Biden. <laughs> no. Come on, Jerry. <laughs> well, the excuse I'll you well, there are two reasons. Yes. Uh, the obvious one is it's you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, Gene, that's not fair. Uh, there are no tours of the, uh, you know, uh, other than the insurrection, no one's been in the White House. So to get uh, in, you got force rent. Can you get us some swag bags? Can they? Can Amazon send those? Just to like you? something with like a presidential emblem or something, something like that. On it. Yeah, like, I'm not gross. asking for a podium <laughs> or anything like that. I'm not, no. I'll see what I can carry out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, here's another question because I'm always looking for an angle. I know you. You're right. Right. And last show, I asked you a serious question: Would you consider moving back to Ohio? and running for Senate because Senator Rob Portman has announced that two years from now when his uh, term is up, he is not running. So I know that the election for the mayor of Cincinnati is next November. They're in the middle of a lot of controversy over a bunch of civic scandals, and the opening is so big you could drive a truck through it. So would you consider running for mayor of Cincinnati, please? (laughs) <laughs> no I, landslide comes I, to mind i'm yeah uh i'm a judge now well speaking of that well, let me just ask you about that i was thinking like jerry i can't be well let me tell you that about yes. that i got stuff i'm not going to say where but it was in the region you know this one of the kentucky southern ohio region i'm not going to specify i got stopped for a speeding ticket what you i did <laughs> and, uh, I rolled down my window and the police officer starts to kind of gets a pad out and a pen and he's starting to write. And as he's right. How fast were you going, Gene? Uh, I, got, I, got I really don't want to get into all the details. But anyway, school zone? I don't want to get into that. That's a fair question, by the way. That was a fair yeah. question. But so I, the officer's writing and I thought, dude, if I can get him distracted and, you know, before, because I think once they write too much, you got the ticket. So yeah. I said, I know Judge Jerry Springer, uh, a friend of mine, Jerry, Judge Jerry Springer. That went a long way. I did. I said that. And I said, uh, you know, he's a judge now. Do you uh, watch that show? He actually stopped writing and looked down at me. And he said, 
had sort of put the pad and pen his hands hung down and he said, I love that show. I love it. And I thought, man, this is like maybe I'm gonna this is gonna work. And oh yeah, I, I think it's a great show. And you know, he loves doing it. And he says, you know, the episode I love the most was when they had that food fight at that big Thanksgiving dinner table. Yes. And they're throwing all that food back and forth. And they're having to bleep out all these customers. And I said, no, no, no. (laughs) That's the wrong show. No, that's not that show. That's that's the old TV show. Oh, really, really. And he kept writing. And then the whole thing ended when he handed me the ticket. And he said, well, take care of yourself and each other. And he laughed. (laughs) (laughs) He thought that was funny. Oh, take care of yourself and each other, Mr. Dalvin. (laughs) Have fun in court in front of your Judge Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) It carries a lot of weight. That may be be why I wouldn't be running for office up there. Hey, by the way, we've got Nicholas Clay coming on. We had him on last week. We love Nicholas Clay. He's been on our show. It's been a few years back. but He's great. uh, He's really really good. And good songwriter uh, from a place called Morrow, Ohio. And so he's going to be on. Jerry's going to give us a thought of the week. We always look forward to those. I I did want to ask you guys if you knew about something happening. And Jerry, this relates to our musical history. We've said this before on this podcast. Back in the 1960s, you and I both were brothers from different mothers. You grew up in uh, Queens, New York. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. We're the same age, graduated, you know, all our school, same time. You got honorable degrees. I kind of, you know, got through, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, uh, you know what I'm saying? But the thing is, we were, you want to know something? Oh, I'm going to tell this. This is horrible. God, I wonder if I'll regret saying this. I got a job teaching at my, I'm not going to name the school. I got a job teaching at my university as an adjunct professor, and I did it for years, and I loved it, and I ended up teaching in the same big classroom building. I taught my classes in a few, few places, but most of the time in this big classroom building that was there when I was a student in rooms where I sat as a student, <laughs> and I remember that standing at the front of the room teaching this graduate class, looking back at this one desk, it's probably the desk from when I was there, thinking, <laughs> oh, I remember sitting there on a uh, psych test, uh, cheating, you know, and it's answered written on oh, my hand or something. Yeah. And I thought, no, that's wrong. That's just that, wrong. Yeah, that's right. But, Gene, yeah. I, I, but I think it points out what does it point out, Gene? What does it point out? Tell us, Mr. Calvin. You know what? Hey, David, you'll have to cut that out. Okay. So that's yeah. what I wanted to bring up. Because I don't think it's, instruct- it's not instructive at all, David. No. Yeah. Uh, you graduated from the same school, so this is embarrassing for both of us. So did I. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's not what we call a teaching moment. No, no, no. Hey, here's a question. When we were in uh, college and yes. after college, I was in a folk trio and I was really thinking, no, I'm not going to be a major league baseball player. But maybe I can break into this thing that's happening in America, like Kingston Trio, Peter, Paul and Mary, Limelighters, Mitchell Trio, blah, 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 Joan Baez, Bob Dylan. And I thought 
And I got, you know, with a couple other people and, and we uh, played out, as they say, in Cincinnati. And we got some paid gigs. And you were doing the same thing. You played yeah. in a place called Mahogany Hall in Mount Adams because I happened to go to some of those even before you and I became friends. So back in that time period, there was a genre of folk music. They were pretty popular. I can name some of the songs called Sea Shanties. I think it's an Irish word and it comes from maybe Scottish and it means singers. A shanty, it didn't mean a home or a hut. It meant a a type of singing. So Sea Shanties, uh, Drunken Sailor was one that became big. The Beach Boys did the song. Uh, Sloop John B., was a sea shanty. Mm. Now, the nature of these songs, brief history was, they were work songs. They had rhythms to them. So the men that might have worked on Southern chain gangs, sadly, African-Americans all chained up on a chain gang, would sing sing songs to cut sugar cane. Or railroad workers would do it to get the rhythm of driving in stakes. And sailors did it to raise sails because it needed a, you know, a heave. And then you had to gather up, move your hands down the rope, the sheet, as we call it in sailing, give another tug. So sea shanties, I never thought I'd hear of them again, but TikTok has made a postman from Ireland so famous that he got a record deal last week and he quit the post office work in Scotland. And he does a song on TikTok called The Wellerman Comes. The Wellerman was actually a company. It was a supply company. It was a corporation. And the Wellerman ship would go out to the whaling boats with supplies, chief among them, rum, and and food. (laughs) And so the song would be when the Wellerman comes, he'll bring us, you know, sugar and rum and blah, blah, blah. This song has exploded on YouTube. Wow. Where everybody is singing when the Wellerman comes. I'm not on YouTube, on TikTok. And that's interesting, isn't it? I never would have thought that sea shanties would show their not ugly head. I think sea shanties are very cool. Um, You know what? I'm going to try to get that guy from, by the way, and Megan, and I'm not pulling rank on you, and I'm not all you're always telling me. I'm the senior executive producer, Megan. So yeah. it would fall to me to try to reach out, and make contact with this singer. Yeah. Let's see if I can produce. Why don't you? You're the, you can do it, Gene. Why don't you have the people under you, like the uh, regular executive producers, since you're the senior <laughs> one? Have the executive. Sure, you're a prick, Jerry. That's a that was a <laughs> because we both know Jerry. There yeah. are no producers under me. You want it to be said? Okay, let's say it. There is nobody under me. It's just me. It's just Gene. It's just me. <laughs> And then oh, I use senior executive producer because I'm so damn insecure. If you just could just take for one of our to me, Megan, that's all. If you could just tape one of your executive meetings and just tape it and play it on the podcast so we can hear, you know. We can hear. I, I'd like to see your style. It won't take much of your time. Your leadership <laughs> style. Hey, Jerry, did you ever... Uh, Santiano was a song that we did 
which which is a legitimate sea shanty. But I don't know if you ever did any of those in your repertoire when you were doing folk music. But uh, and Nicholas Clay, we're going to bring on here in a minute. But Nicholas, let me throw a question to you. Do you have you ever done? Are you familiar with that genre, sea shanties? I'm definitely familiar. Um, it's not something that I see a lot. Um, you know, it's more of a kind of a niche thing. I'm sure you would see a lot more of that, you know, in the pubs in Ireland and Scotland and places like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, from a songwriting standpoint, I think they're very well written, uh, catchy, you know, they tell a story. Uh, I do like them. I mean, I think, I think, you know, songs like of that, you know, era are, I mean, it's, 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 it's like, it's historical, you know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. um, so it, I think those are fascinating. Well, here's it's a like group a and I'll, I'll just close out on this. Uh, uh, there is a group called the longest Johns, I guess it's like long John underwear. So this group cleverly named themselves the longest Johns and they are a sea shanty group, very well known. And anybody listening, if you get curious about sea shanties and you know, if you've got, uh, Amazon Alexa, just say, play something by the longest yeah. Johns and you'll hear them. And there are uh, some others that are, uh, I, I tell you this TikTok, isn't it weird? TikTok is a, such a cultural and other entities like that are such cultural influencers that yeah. people who have been laboring in this niche, niche field of sea shanties, it's like manna falling from heaven. All of a sudden, People yeah. are talking about sea shanties and they're going back and listening to some of these artists and driven by TikTok of all things. Yeah. That's are uh, you on TikTok, Gene? Yeah. <laughs> do you do videos? I haven't. Jerry's done videos on TikTok, a number of them. I'm not even on TikTok. Like well, you know, for, <laughs> yeah. for a lot of kids, that's that's where they get, I mean, a, an enormous chunk of their music. That's where they hear yeah. new music. Yeah. So you know, they're not listening to the radio. They hear whatever songs that, you know, the TikTokers are using for their, their videos. That's, yeah. that's what's popular. That's their, that's, those are their hits. So Nicholas, check this. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Well, well, check this out. Kids, because TikTok is very, very young, uh, mm -hmm. real big for, and I don't want to get into this, go down this rat hole, but Kellyanne Conway's daughter yeah. fights mm -hmm. with her on TikTok. Yeah, and and just, and personal <laughs> recordings of them fighting that was just released today. I know, yeah, I know, I, saw that. I know, are yeah. on TikTok. But anyway, here you have these kids, these often teenagers. Not not all. I mean, it's got a, a pretty broad following, but it skews young. They never would have heard of sea shanties. And this no. guy, this postman. No. By the way, when you hear the song. This podcast is over, you know, say to Alexa or Siri or Hey Google or whatever you do, just say, play the Wellman Comes. And this song is outstanding. It's the sound of it and the rhythms of it. It is a it. very cool sounding song if you don't know nor care anything about the history of sea shanties. Sure. It's just a good. A lot of the songs are two three-part harmonies as well yes or heavy really harmonies well and yeah. and all of a sudden nicholas these kids are introduced to sea shanties not because some professor gave a class they're just watching tiktok and they're like oh that's got absolutely. a great sound what the hell's that absolutely yeah quite amazing 
David, can we get a, a word count on how many times Gene said sea shanty in this? <laughs> a sizzle reel of, of sea shanty. No, this is, <laughs> David, can you cut out half of those? Sea <laughs> shanty run. Sea yeah. shanty run. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jerry. Uh, yes. What have you seen this week? that uh, motivated you to jot down some things and uh, analyze something for us. We're looking forward to it. Well, thanks. Um, the Republican Party, uh, I can announce, is no longer a party. It is a largely white supremacist, extreme right-wing group advocating the overthrow of our democracy. Now, this statement sounds pretty extreme in itself. But is it? Hear me out. A whole bunch of national polls within the last two weeks show that 85% of people who identify as Republicans, 85% believe the big lie that the election was stolen, that Biden didn't really win. Despite absolutely no evidence of widespread fraud and some 60 defeats in state and federal courts, including the Supreme Court dismissing these false allegations, Republicans have held on to this lie, which turned out to be the proximate cause of the violent attack on our Capitol, the resulting murder of Capitol Police, an attempted assassination of the Vice President and our congressional leaders. This was the proximate cause of this terrorist assault on our democracy, indeed trying to overturn the will of the American people who voted for Biden by over 7 million votes and over 230 electoral votes. What do I mean by proximate cause? In the law, it means that but for this event or act, the crime or damage wouldn't have occurred. Can there be any doubt that but for the big lie that there was widespread fraud and the election was stolen from Trump, the mobs never would have even come to Washington, much less stormed the Capitol on January 6th, the day of the electoral certification. That was the only purpose of the rally and the march. So simply put, the 85% of Republicans who supported this lie, spread this lie, and believed this lie, they bear the responsibility for this attack. The president, the 160-some-odd Republican congressmen, the majority of Republican senators, and the 85% of the Republican population, the Republican voters. This is not a fringe group. This is the Republican Party. They promoted the big lie, the proximate cause of the assault on America's treasured institutions. There were even those after the attack, after people were killed and congressmen and senators and staff huddling behind barricades or under their desks in fear for their lives. Even after all of this, some Republicans went back out on the floor to perpetuate the lie and try to prevent the certification of the election of Joe Biden as president of the United States. We saw this all happen with our own eyes. This is not fake news. This is the ugly truth. The Republican Party, no matter what it once was, 
is now no longer a political party, but an extremist, loosely held organization giving aid, comfort, and cover to domestic terrorism and the overthrow of American democracy. There is, however, one way I can be proven wrong. The Republican senators can decide to put country before their own personal thirst for power and vote to convict Trump in the upcoming impeachment trial. Show the world that those who incite, lead, or help organize an insurrection against our government will in fact be held to account and never allowed to hold public office in the United States again. Prove that you're no longer supporting this treasonous behavior by holding the man most responsible for giving birth and life to this lie, Donald Trump, by holding him accountable for his behavior. If there's a difference between being a Republican and being an insurrectionist, prove it. Excellent. Amen. Nice, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. All right. We have with us again, uh, we have Nick Clay with us. Welcome back, hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. So last time you sang us a haunting lullaby. Mm-hmm. And this time we're going to be hearing a song called Orion. Give us a little bit of background on on Orion. Well, uh, you know, it's difficult subject matter. Uh, It's a little easier for me to talk about now that we have our daughter, Leona, who just arrived in November of 2020. Uh, But the Mm -hmm. song, uh, just to skirt around the subject that, you know, when there was such a thing as live shows, I would just say this is a song about a person that I never got to meet. Um, But the song Mm -hmm. itself is actually about... um, uh, miscarriages that my wife and I had to go through. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's um, oh. like I said, it's, it's a little easier to talk about now just because we're, yeah, we have our, our daughter and she's perfect and, you know, amazing, but um, you know, the getting there was tough and there was a, a couple yeah. dark years, back to back years uh, that were just, just really tough. I had a number of friends that have gone through it. Same. I've watched a lot Same. of my girlfriends go through it and it's, it's, it is, it's not easy. It's something like just, just leaves scars on your heart you know, as you go through it. It's something it's not, it's not uh, easy to talk about, but it, it needs to be talked about. Um, you know, because yep. I, like you said, I have so many friends um, that are, are struggling and I, I just wish, mm-hmm. I just wish I could, I could tell them for for certain that it's going to be okay, that it's all going to work out, but you just never know. And for luckily for us, we, don't. it did, um, but we, we had almost given up and that's what the song is kind of about. Well, let's, let's take a listen. Excellent story. And I look forward to hearing it. Orion. So now, 
fishes on the ground I start to feel it You're really a gifted yeah. storyteller. Thank Nick. you. That, it's really beautiful. Beautiful. Very, beautiful. really beautiful. Um, tell us again when we can hear some more of your music. Remind us how to find you on social media. Well, uh, you know, I wish I had uh, more to offer right now, but with uh, COVID going <laughs> on, there's not a whole lot to, as far as live shows to speak of. But Nicholas Clay Music, uh, you can find all of my songs from my previous project, Nicholas and the Pessimistics, on Spotify. Um, you know, YouTube, iTunes, any of that. Um, hopefully the uh, EP should be out sometime soon, whenever it makes sense to release a record in these uh, weird times. Um, but yeah, Facebook at Nicholas Clay Music or uh, Instagram that Nicholas Clay. 
Cool. Excellent. Well, it's a pleasure having you on again Thanks, and guys. look forward to talking to you in the future, man. Congratulations again on your little yeah, girl. Congrats, Nick. Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for being with Congratulations. us. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Can you take us out on Lead Belly's Irene Goodnight? I would love And to. if you will, we love that song and uh, Jerry Springer himself is going to jump in on a verse. So, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I listen to this podcast and I hear a lot of my friends on here and it's, uh, it's, right. it's, it's great. Last Saturday night, I got married Me and my wife settled down Now me and my wife are parted I think I'll take a little stroll downtown Everybody country and sometimes i'll live you've been listening to tales tunes and tom foolery recorded live at the folk school coffee parlor in ludlow kentucky thanks to patrick kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening check out our website at